Condon on a Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you joining us here this morning. We will culminate the program by giving you an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends uh, at Claxons in Altoona. Claxons coming up on Fridays, it always does, about 11.45. The rest of the BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. In about 25 minutes... We will head west all the way to Lincoln. Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star, uh, will join us. It's the Huskers and the Hawkeyes tomorrow. That's a 5 o'clock tip at Carver Hawkeye Arena. We'll talk to Sip about the Huskers who have not won uh, since they saw Iowa um, back in the middle of January. So we'll catch up with Sip. We'll do some football as well with him. Uh, 10.45, Alex Halstead. He had a sit-down yesterday with Matt Campbell. Uh, we will discuss what he learned uh, regarding that uh, opportunity and uh Dot I's cross T's maybe on the recruiting, the final uh, signing day. In the 11 o'clock hour, Coach Ben Jacobson from UNI scheduled to join us. Fingers crossed that he does. He had to postpone yesterday, but is going to make time for Trent and I uh, here this morning at 11. Drake will make their way over to the McLeod Center. Last I saw, there was a couple of hundred seats left, and that was 48 hours ago. Right. So. Uh, hopefully, uh, that building will be banged out. Uh, Drake and you and I at three. And <laughs> couldn't work out much better, could it? Uh, Wade Looking Bill will join us. We'll wrap up the show with Wade. We'll do some high school, just, well, very little. But uh, he saw, um, who did he see? Oski and, Nor- and uh, Norwalk. And Norwalk, yeah. It was Xavier Foster versus Bowen Bourne. And both and guys put on a show, apparently. That they did. Uh, just uh, continue to play really good basketball there. Excited. Mm-hmm. To see both those teams and excited as the substates have been released, along with the districts and the lower levels, that they will be in different substates. So a chance for oh, both Oski and Norwalk to get to the state tournament. You've got high school basketball tonight? Yes, going to be over in Waukee, weather permitting. I think we're going to be okay, but it'll be a couple of really good games. The girls won a top five matchup with Waukee hosting Southeast wow, Polk. top five, I didn't realize Yeah, that. number four Waukee, number wow. five Southeast Polk. The Rams have just been knocked off once this year, and uh, two losses for Waukee. On the other side, uh, the boys' side should be a good one, too. Waukee boys have uh, hit the skids here the last couple of weeks, taken a couple of losses, and it was maybe a week after I told you I thought they were certainly the best team mm-hmm. here in central Iowa. The other team in that conversation, Ankeny Centennial, got them. They took another loss there trying to bounce back against a really solid Southeast Polk team I saw Tuesday night. So you'll be on the Earth 7? On the Earth 7, we'll join in progress. The girls game right around halftime is when uh-huh. we'll pop on right after Emery Songer and company finish up High School Insider. Good stuff. Um, according to my phone, looking at the weather what would you call it? It's not an app. Whatever the weather is on the on the iPhone. Snow's supposed to end sometime in the noon hour. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Plenty of time to get things Plenty wild. of time. Clean things up, get the streets ready to roll, and uh, away you will go tonight. I wait. So, wait, looking, Bill. We'll talk a little bit of high school and recap that game. Of course, he does it for Mediacom, MC22. And then we'll preview um, Iowa versus Nebraska, probably Michigan, Michigan State. And don't look now. Well, you can't see this because you'll be working tonight, but... I can. I'll cover it for you. Uh, Big Ten is uh, first place in the Big Ten is on the line tonight, Trent. Yes, Maryland, Maryland, Illinois. Illinois. I'm looking forward to that. I'll have it on the DVR. 
And you never know. You know, there's extra screens always around. I might have it at least up and uh, taking a peek at it during commercial breaks. But I think a chance to be a really good I game. I do, too. I do, too. Uh, Three's I'll, the number. Three is the number. Illinois favored by three. Mm-hmm. Maryland, they got a couple of road wins. Uh, Illinois is so good. Has yeah. Illinois played since Iowa? I don't believe they have. I don't think so either. And we saw that that game, look, Purdue couldn't miss. Right. But at the same time, that was a physical, high-spirited, and we look no further than the end of the basketball game. Motions were running high in that one, so they'll have had some extra time maybe to Yeah, mini break here for them. the Illini. It was Sunday last So, time so give me the Illini then. Give me the Illini. But I'm looking forward to it. Fox Sports 1, FS1 has that one tonight. I'm guessing Brando uh, and Bardo will be um, in Champaign, if I had to guess. So we'll certainly tune in at 7 and find out. This is... Has nothing to do with anything, what I'm about to say. Okay. But it struck my funny bone for whatever reason. Well, if there's ever a day to do it, it's today because we didn't have a whole yeah. lot on the plate last night. So, I mean, I watched my Jets. Did you? Yeah. Did they get it done? They did. They beat the Blues. I watched UConn. You had. You bet against Tulsa. And Tulsa could not shoot the basketball. That was ugly. So I had a wager and apologies. I already got some Twitter Blowback from that one. Yeah, but to remind them that you cashed the last three days. Right, right. So I mean, you, 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 you take a three and one every week. In a heartbeat. Right. In a heartbeat, you will. We'll try to go to four and one today. Oh, you got to play for later I, on I in the I, show? I think we got some. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so every now and then something pops into your timeline that's, that's, I don't know, either moves you or strikes my fun. Now, last night, I got to be honest with you, I'm, I'm in tears looking at Twitter, in tears of, you know, me, right? I, I cry at commercials. Yes, you do. So Rex Chapman, blocker charge guy. Uh huh. His feed is unbelievable. It's hilarious. It really is funny. But every now and then he posts something on Twitter that, and everybody, oh, that's the Twitter I'm here for type of thing. Yes. So he posted a little boy. I don't know how old he was, two or three. I don't want to cry again. But hearing his parents for the first time. Oh, yes. I mean, he's completely deaf. And he's, 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 he's sitting in a chair between his two parents and the technician or whatever it is. I'm said, I'm going to activate his hearing aids in three, two, and one. And anyways, that was unbelievable. But you know who popped up? It's just completely out of the blue. And I don't know why, again, it struck me as funny. Do you remember Ali Haji Sheik? No. You don't remember him, do you? You were a young kid. But somehow he's in my timeline today. Who is it? He's a kicker. He Ali kicked Hadjishik. at Michigan, but kicked for the Giants. And I think he won a Super Bowl back okay. on one of those lords. But anyways. I remember Sean Landetta, the yeah, punter. Yeah, there's another one. He kicked for a long time. Yes, he did. In fact, I think he's kicking this weekend in the XFL. Oh, I'm excited for some XFL action this weekend. You know, weekend. here's the thing with them, Trent. Here, I don't think they have a chance in hell. I don't think that this league is going to have any more success than any of the ones that have come before it. Staying power is incredibly difficult. It, it is. It's, it's, the NFL is king. Mm-hmm. Good luck. It has to be a good product. Well, and you have to have the NFL as a part of it. Remember NFL Europe? Oh, absolutely. Might have had as good of a run as any of these other, air quote, other leagues. And that was played more spring-summer, wasn't it? It was, and it was in Europe, and it was all over the place. And then they moved it back, and they added Uh kind of the World League, and Birmingham had a team. I think Calgary maybe had a team. Um, Well, I remember the CFL expanded in the States. They were in Baltimore for a while, and that that, that didn't last. But uh, but anyways, here's here's what they have going for them. The television. They've got Fox. Mm -hmm. They've got ABC. They've got ESPN. I'm guessing Joel Klatt is a big part of it, because they see him in all the commercials. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the uh, the broadcast teams will be. I have no idea who the um I have no idea who the rosters are made up of. Have you even looked? Do you care to look? No? Not really. <laughs> I'm with you, Trent. I, I just 
And we both love football, yet I, at this point, couldn't care less. I yeah. As you go through, Steve Levy is uh, part of uh, one of the is teams. Is Gracie working with Levy? I don't see that here. Who's okay. going to be his color guy there? But they're not just throwing out. You know, it's not Rocky. What's that guy's name? Rocky Bowman. Yes, yes. <laughs> it does yes. every ESPNU right. game. It seems like. Yeah. They're putting out Steve Levy there. They're at least uh-huh. giving them some of their better talent. So, so this isn't the Tuesday night Maction guys right. that they work in November and November only. And what do you do for the rest of the year now they got something to do? What I'm most intrigued by is all these changes in the rules. And okay, they so what are, are, lay, lay them on me. First of they all, they want to move the games along, right? Yes, and that's a big part of it. So the clock rules are, I'm, explaining it is a lot, but basically. The clock's going to be continued to move. Even after incompletions, after the ball is spotted, they're going to wind the clock. But they still want to keep the same number of plays that you normally see in a professional and an NFL football game. Okay. Want to keep that number up there. So they've done some things. Final two minutes, instead of the clock continuously running, you run a run play, clock stops until they spot it, and they go from there. So there's going to be opportunities. You don't just have to throw the ball around and able to stop the clock. Mm-hmm. You think of the innovations that the first XFL had and, and the camera on mm-hmm. the field, which looking back and you see the way that they were doing it. I mean, it was old school. Right. But now you see it all over the place. And you see the zip line going back and yep. forth. And was the insight bowl where Marvin McNutt almost got laid out by the camera I falling. Remember that. That was unbelievable. Trent, that was close. Yes, really close to him. But now it's part of our football viewing experience. And I'm sure some of these rules are going to trickle down to mm-hmm. the NFL. The kicking rules that are in place. Nobody can leave on a kickoff until the ball is kicked. But the ball needs to land basically between the goal line and the 20-yard line. If you don't, if you kick it out of bounds, if you kick it short of that line, the receiving team gets the ball on the kicking team's 45. What? They want kickoffs. They want kickoff returns to happen in this. This is a way to (laughs) slow down the impact, get that in there, and if you screw it up, you're going to pay a steep, steep penalty there and get that exciting play back in there. The point after touchdown. No more extra points. Now, I don't think extra points are going to go away in the NFL, but some innovation. You go from the two-yard line, you get a point. You go from the five, you get two points. Mm. You go from the ten, you get three points. And I don't think that's ever going to get to the NFL either, but that's certainly an interesting rule. Could it be something in the second half where they implement that in a two-point play and a three-point play, and all of a sudden you're down ten and you got a chance? Boy, football's so good the way it is. I don't want them to trick it up too much. I understand that. Definitely get that. Uh, Some rule changes in the punt game, kind of similar to the kickoff rules Mm -hmm. that we mentioned there, and corner kicks taken out. You kick it out of bounds, team's going to get out to 35. Kick it in the end zone, they're going to get out to 35. Again, a way to work to get punt returns back into the game. But maybe the most innovative and fun, and we'll see if this can go, the double forward pass. Now we see the double passes. You throw it back, you got a wide receiver screen set up, but he's actually behind the quarterback, and then he chucks it down the field. This one is set up. You throw a pass to somebody, and as long as it's behind the line of scrimmage, that guy can throw it Doesn't again. need to be behind the quarterback. Doesn't need to be behind it. So you can set up a bubble screen out of the shotgun, uh-huh. little bubble screen out there, tunnel screen, and that guy can look upfield and fire it up himself. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's a tricked up shirt. Yeah. I'm going to reserve judgment, and I don't think... Well, there are a couple of games on Sunday, right? Yes. So tomorrow there's no chance in hell because the schedule couldn't work out any better. Oh, college basketball. Oh, it's unbelievable. Michigan, Michigan State early. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to deviate from the hoops for my Jets play at one. So I'll watch the Jets at one. But only for a couple of hours because at three o'clock, 
uh, Drake and you and I play. Right. And, and this is a – look, you and I is trying to – Hold serve where if they do, uh, uh, you know, drop a game before they get to St. Louis, that maybe there's an at-large path for them there. Uh, we certainly hope that that's going to be the case. I'd love to see two teams get in from the Valley. But Drake needs this one. They had a, Drake had You know what? We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but <laughs> Drake, good for them picking off Bradley. They needed that game. And Trent, they dominated that basketball game. They did. Yes. We talked more about Adam Emenecker. We did. And he's really good. But we didn't talk much about the game for whatever reason, because I think maybe because I was just so impressed with that, with Emenecker. Um, but I saw the point spread in this game when you sent it to me today for the Claxons contest uh-huh. we're doing later. That blows me away. They're, Drake's getting double-digit points. They're getting a huge number here, and we'll see. This is uh, the projected point spread from Ken Pomeroy, right. what it'll actually be when it comes out later this afternoon. But that shows you a how good you and I is and mm-hmm. how analytically you know, we think of you and I basketball, and you think of them as slow pace, defensive mm-hmm. team. You look at their offensive numbers. They're not going to still put up a ton of points, though we've seen that happen for them. Well, when they're the making Station, their shots, yeah. But they are incredibly efficient. Right now, the 18th most efficient offense mm-hmm. in college basketball. Wouldn't have known that. Wouldn't have thought that. That's not what you think of right. when you think of Panther basketball. You think of win at 55-50, mm-hmm. get out of there. This team is built differently. And A.J. Green is a big part of that yeah. with Burhau. You know Halderman could fill it up and then fight the way he's playing. Though he finally missed a shot himself. He missed Wednesday. a few of them, right? He, he went two games, he didn't miss a shot. I think he was 5 for 10 the other night on the road. The problem for Drake, though, has been on the road. They have been a different team uh-huh. on the road. And though they took finally a home loss at the Knapp Center last Saturday, the difference there has been pretty wide between that. And I guess that's probably where that number comes from. I guess. From. It seems like a lot of points, Trent. I'm right there with you. I mean, Robin's Fife is going to be... I oh, yeah, got a chance to be really good. Boy, I like this Robin's kid. He, He's really come great on. Great story. You know what? You you, you um, threw a little bit of a scare. Not a scare, but you certainly got my attention. I could be a bit of a wet blanket from you time were. to time. You <laughs> were. You're trying to get this kid out of Drake. <laughs> I am a you and I grad. <laughs> right. Well, fair point. <laughs> yeah, let's get this kid to a, a Power 6 school. Yeah, let's, let's find a spot right. for him. Yeah, because a big is just part of the Power Conferences in, in, in basketball. But yeah, I hope he stays there. I hope he does. So that's going to be good tomorrow. Then uh, at, at 3, Iowa uh, plays at 5 o'clock. They play Nebraska again. The last time Nebraska uh, found a win in the Big Ten, it was against those Hawks way, way back in the middle of... Was that early January? Well, or mid, mid-January, anyways. I think we got to the wild card portion of the NFL, so that's how far back it was. That's the last time they found the win column. And then at 7 o'clock tomorrow night, K-State and Iowa State in what seemingly, Trent, not for the... Not that the... If I State beats K-State, it's not going to matter at all, season record-wise. I don't sure. think. Right. I don't think they can avoid opening night of the Big 12 tournament. Nope. Um, but, boy, the fan base needs this. The team needs this. The coaching staff needs this. A whole bunch of guys, uh, a whole bunch of Cyclones need this one. They've lost four in a row. They were non-competitive against West Virginia. Mm-hmm. They had that run against the uh, Auburn at the end of the game, but for a large swath of that, they weren't there. They were never really in the Baylor game. And then the Texas game, they gave away. Yeah, they, they should have won last week. Yeah, I mean, the Texas game, you're absolutely right. They gave it away. But it's four consecutive losses. Mm-hmm. It is six out of seven. It is ten out of twelve. Mm. It's hard to swallow that as a fan base. Any you. fan base. I'm with you. And we know, I mean, loyal and true, they take that to another level yep. at Iowa State. Yep. The football program, we've talked about that for years and years and years, the way that they support it. Same thing for Iowa State basketball. But because of the success that they've had the last decade. Spoiled them a little bit. 
They're not used to this. No, they're not, Trent. And they've a couple of years ago they had a sub five hundred, but that was just a blip, and they knew it was coming. Uh, this look, and maybe our expectations were out of whack too. But we Could both thought if there was a a tournament team in the state, mm-hmm. well, it's going to be the Panthers. Got to win. They got to cut down the nets in St. Louis. It's a one bid league. I mean, mm-hmm. that was our take. We weren't sure about Iowa. No, not at all. Nothing like we this. We thought if, if there was a team, and I thought Bolton put them, because I didn't think there was a team to begin with. And then Bolton getting eligible, yep. I thought, you know what, that might just be enough. It hasn't gone their way. And, and look, K-State, they beat West Virginia. Now, yeah, granted, it was in the octagon, I'll mm-hmm. give them that. But still, they picked off West Virginia. Sneed's a nice player. Sneed is a really nice player. I watched him... Against Baylor, I think that was their last game, and he played yes. his you-know-what off. Kept him in that game. He absolutely kept him in that game. And then uh, got a cover out of the end. Did you see, <laughs> uh, who was it, a Teague for Baylor? Missed the two free throws, a guy You that's... brought that up on the on our Mediacom yes. show as a bad beat. So this kid is 88% yes. his freshman year, mm-hmm. 87% his sophomore year, and he's like 85% this year. Mm-hmm. They're up six. Yep. The number's seven or six and a half, depending on when you got it. He misses both free He's throws. He's on the free throw line with a chance, and this kid doesn't miss. No. And with a, with a chance to push the game over, and he got... That's the wet... Look, I, we just we started 10 minutes ago talking about some of the good on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's awful. Yes, and, and the negativity awful. that was there. There was right. an article Jeff Goodman wrote about it yes, uh, yesterday. Yep. Just the negativity that went to him. This goes for all walks. Anybody listening, please, don't tweet at recruits. No. Don't tweet at college players. Look... We said it after the Iowa game. Two guys that we'd sung the praises of, Connor McCaffrey and C.J. Frederick, they played poorly. Awful. And say that, but we didn't also tag them then on Twitter so they no. can see it. And you know what? If they want to go to the podcast and listen to it, so be no, it. They that, don't. Right. <laughs> right. But that, that's different than actually, literally, going out of your way yeah. and tagging somebody. Go on Twitter and say, you know, Teague, he cost me 50 bucks here. Those two missed free throws. Don't tag or him in Baylor it. Baylor cost me 50 bucks. Right. Whatever it is, but to tag these guys in it and then have to go through the vitriol... We're still talking about student-athletes yeah, here. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Could not agree with you more. So a really good day of college basketball tomorrow. Duke, North Carolina plays. That's lost a whole lot of the luster. Yeah. That's tomorrow night late as well. Uh, so did you watch? What Did you settle in on anything last night college basketball-wise? It, it was the UConn game against Tulsa until that one got away. And then I went over to the NBA for a while, which... Boy, how about the, the NBA trade deadline? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, our, our neighbors to the north making yes. some move up there, and they need to, as they have been awful. Trent, Wiggins has got to be the most frustrating pro, um, or, or certainly one of the most frustrating pros. I mean, in college, that's one thing. But when he gets, he's, he's got a max deal. And when he wants to play, he just seemingly floats. If you watch him, if you watch the T-Wolves play three games, two of them, you're going to come away, you know, you want one of those rubber bricks that you can throw at your TV <laughs> because he just pisses you. He shows no effort. Mm-hmm. He floats out there. Um and D'Angelo Russell apparently is Carl Anthony Towns' best friend. And this is something that they tried to get worked out In this the off summer. season, yeah. Didn't happen there. Well, they're For, clearly building around Cat, right? I mean, they yes. want to keep him as a Timberwolf. They've, they've had some dudes over the years. I mean, how different would this franchise have been um, if Kevin Garnett stays, if Marbury mm-hmm. stays with him? You know, some of those guys that they've had over the years, but they just couldn't keep them, and they clearly want to keep Cat. Here's a number for you. So the T-Wolves have lost 13 consecutive. Now, Carl Anthony Towns has been injured for a stretch of this, but you know the last time the T-Wolves won a game where he played? No, before Christmas? Well, it had to be. Yeah. November 27th. 
Oh my God! Thanksgiving weekend, November twenty seventh. They went on the road and beat the Kings. Are you kidding me? They haven't won another game mm. with their best player in the lineup. So what does that do for Ryan Saunders, who came in to surprise us that day during the State Fair? I thought that was really cool of him to do that. Is he the one that has to walk the plank? Well, here? do you think somebody does? But maybe now that they tweaked the lineup a little bit and they've made some moves, maybe they can. I don't know. Look, I, I can't watch T-Wolves basketball. I I'm can. the same way. And I try. I mean, and during the winter, we try. Yeah, uh-huh. we, we both do when there's kind of that opportunity. Last night, if they would have been playing, would have been an opportunity. I probably would, but they're so bad. Mm-hmm. Now they have eight new players on this roster. Is there any hope for that organization as a whole? I mean, this has been... <laughs> I hate to write them off forever. <laughs> they made the playoffs a couple years ago, promptly got knocked out right away, but... Well, they're in the, they're in, they're, they're in the wrong side of the... I mean, they're in the West. Well, the, the East, the is, East starting is coming to, up, right? It's, it's starting, starting to tilt the other way. It just doesn't... It's an organization as a whole. Outside of the run to the Western Conference Finals, they've won one playoff series, or mm. two series that year, the only series that they've ever won. They had the longest streak in professional sports without making the playoffs. Until they made that run two and years ago. And they draw pretty well up there, don't they? They do, yeah. yeah. People show up for just a terrible product. My mm-hmm. buddy, he was selling tickets for the T-Wolves for a number of years during that awful run. Not the easiest thing to Boy, uh, try a to get a big way package. To make a living. Boy, yes, I'm guessing was. he got hung up on a bunch. You know my takeaway from the NBA last night? Maybe my only takeaway from the NBA so far in 2020? That picture of LeBron James. Did you see the dunk? I, oh, oh yeah, yeah, the, to the, see it. The one from like straight on? Yes. Yes. Oh my God! What a photo! I that's when we get to April and May and things locally really slow down. Yeah, I really do enjoy. I getting, do too. I'm a LeBron fan. I'm a LeBron. see. I like the league. I love the NBA playoffs. Yes, but there's just no time for it right now. We it got just isn't. We got local, indeed. And we'll get Stephen M. Sipple next. Uh, we'll talk. Um, well, we'll preview Iowa, Nebraska, and, and, and look at full disclosure. It's kind of an excuse to talk to my pal, right? Right. I tre- I had to twist Trent's army. I really want to talk to him. We got Sip. signing day. I can maybe throw a couple barbs at Sip. <laughs> I mean, what is 11 the, the floor this year? What is it? 15 is the high water mark. 15 and 0. <laughs> 10 and 3 maybe is the low. Expectations are going to be high. You oh. know, that's for sure. There'll be a line of cars crossing the bridge. Uh, heading over to Council Bluffs to lay their money down on the future tickets out. Absolutely. All right, right now it's time to pay your bills with iHeartRadio 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Text the keyword taxi to 200 200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. Taxi to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Stephen M. Sipple next. Alex Halstead on Iowa State in 20 minutes. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3. It's time for Sip. <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal-Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk Cornhuskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. Hi, Miller and Condon, 1030 on a snowy Friday. We head uh, west all the way to Lincoln. Uh, Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star, joins the program. How are you, old friend? How you been? It's been a while. Thanks for having me back. It's good to hear your guys' voice. 
Yeah, well, soon, Sip, although it's probably not soon, but hopefully it gets here quicker. Uh, We'll be doing this on a weekly basis again, and all will be well in the world when football is back. But anyways, we've got basketball this weekend. I'm surprised, Sip, that uh, Nebraska hasn't won since they beat Iowa uh, back in early January. They've certainly had their opportunities. I watched the game at the rack the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Um, There's a a three at the buzzer to pick them off, which was a terrific uh, basketball game. Uh, Baker came, uh, who's battling injury in his own right, hit a big three to propel them to victory. But there's been nights that they've belonged on the same floor with some of the best teams in the Big Ten. I haven't been enough of them, though. Nebraska will go in there going to Carver-Hawkeye with a seven-game losing streak. Really, I mean, you mentioned something sort of interesting. Think about it this way. That was just a month ago, like exactly a month ago, that Nebraska beat Iowa 76-70. to And now you now you look at Ken Palm, uh, which a lot of us do. Ken Palm gives Nebraska an 8% chance to win uh, uh, Saturday night, tomorrow night. I mean, think how... Like that swing, mm-hmm. Nebraska beat them. I mean, it just beat them a month ago. Now, and and I don't think Ken Palm's off. I'd say, I, I mean, I was thinking ten <laughs> percent. I, I think it's even down to seven point four percent. So why, why, why is it, why is it swung that far? Uh, you know, I mean, I was tough at home. Nebraska's skidding. Iowa's got to, you know, Iowa needs to win. I mean, they're, they're positioning. They're, they're, I was positioning itself for the NCAA tournament. They're playing for a lot. Um, Nebraska, I think, is probably, you know, if I'm Fred Hoiberg, as a coach, my concern this time of year gets to be a little physical fatigue, but maybe even more mental fatigue. I want to tell you, there's a stat that your listeners should know that goes along with mental fatigue. Nebraska, there's no other team in the country. There's no other team in the country and that's 353 teams, I believe, is what what we're talking about. That gets its shot blocked more, wow. gets shot blocked more than Nebraska. I mean, you guys play pickup. What happens if you're playing in your driveway? The person you're playing is blocking the shot yeah. all the time, deflating. That's yeah, really deflating. So that's yeah. I think mental fatigue is probably an issue for Fred's team. This squad is incredibly young. The uh, Cavalry is coming, though. They got a lot more reinforcements on its way next season. Who do you look at and say, this guy's going to be a good Big Ten player? This is going to be a guy that has a solid spot, and when more talent gets on campus, they're not going to be relegated to the end of the bench. That's a good question. Now, here's the, the I don't, you know, I don't expect you to remember this name, or I wouldn't even ask. Maybe you could file it away. Maybe not. Maybe your listeners will. Maybe they won't. There's a guy named Delano Banton that's a red. He's redshirting this year. Um, he could have played. He's a transfer, but I think he could have played. He wanted to redshirt to put on weight, but he's a six. Now this is this is what's intriguing to me. Well, there's a couple of things that are intriguing. One is he's a six foot eight guard. He's a six foot eight point wow. guard. Jeez. Yeah. So yeah. Wow is right. And then if you see him, I've seen him in practice. He sat out to put on weight, and he looks good. I mean, he doesn't look like he's not, you know, he doesn't look like a guy that is feeble. I mean, he looks like an athlete. Six foot eight point guard. Um, and here's the thing what makes it more enticing is that Fred said the other day 
that his he just is perfect in the offense. He's a he's a he's, he has a very good feel for Fred's offense, which means he you know he knows when to cut to the basket. He knows how to hit guys that are cutting to the basket. Um, you know he, he's very he's very good in a movement oriented offense, and as opposed to you know like what Nebraska played a lot in recent years is a lot of isolation. Um, and that, that that's not what, how Fred does it. So Delano Banton would definitely be a name to know. And, you know, this year, as far as guys that are coming in, the guy that you'll watch and that Iowa fans probably know is Cam Mack. Yeah. Um, but but Mack, what happened, Sip, to him the other against Penn yeah, State? Now, yeah. he didn't start. Is it, Was he in the doghouse, and did he pout? Because when, when Hoiberg put him in, he didn't score a point against Penn State. No, it's a good question. Um yeah, here's the deal. He was on Friday before the Penn State game, so Friday, you know, a week ago. Yeah. He was late for a film session. And that's, you know, he's had that issue. He was late for a film session before the Creighton game and was benched for that, you know, for a few minutes in that game too. It's a problem. I mean, I and I, I you know, people can say, "Oh, come on, don't make a mountain out of a molehill." I I don't I don't think you this is your quarterback, right? I mean, this is your best player by far. Player. Yes, it's a bad. It's a bad look. I don't care what anybody says. It's a bad look for that guy to on Friday before a game, a home game. You know, you're gonna have thirteen thousand people in the stands. It's a Big Ten game. You, and, and why, why is he late? Why is he three minutes late? You're all sitting there ready for a film session, and your your quarterback and your best player is not there. It's not. So Fred's got an issue there. He is really talented, though, and he's had a good season. And Kenny, you know, uh, I've been covering Nebraska. I mean, I've been I really have been covering Nebraska basketball for literally thirty years, and I haven't seen. I mean, Nebraska. I'd say there's. I've seen three other point guards that are maybe as good as Mac. And if Mac, as a sophomore, he's a sophomore. If he if he progresses, he'll be the best ever player. Wow, that's high praise there. You're talking about, well, at the top, the best point guard, was it Tyron Lue? Yeah, Trent, that's yeah. good. I, I would say Tyron Lue. Now, Kenny, uh, Kenny's older like me. <laughs> you, you may remember Brian Carr, Kenny, or uh, Jack Moore, those guys. Brian, Brian Carr was in the mid-'80s. He was an excellent point guard at Nebraska, and Jack Moore was right before Brian Carr. It'd be those guys or Tyron Lue for the best. And, and Mac, Tyron Lue was the quickest. He was a different player than Mac. Mac's more of a, more not as good a scorer as Lue, but a better facilitator. Cookie Belcher, is he on that list? I just love the name uh, Cookie. Belcher didn't really play point guard. <laughs> yeah, he's more of a shooter, yeah. yeah. Good name. Underside two yeah, guard. Good name. Hey, I, yeah. speaking of the yeah. roster, guys redshirting this year, I see Jace Piakowski, and I hearken back to the Polish rifleman. Is that... Is that the son of Eric Piakowski? Yeah, that is the son of wow. Piakowski. Good pull, Trent. He's not as tall. Yeah, he's not as tall. I don't think he shoots. I mean, Eric was an incredible. Yes, he shooter. was. Played played for many years in the NBA. So, but Jace, yeah, that's 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 Eric's son. Uh, Sip, uh, final couple of minutes here as we've switched to football. I, I don't follow recruiting very close at all, uh, but I did see that uh, – <laughs> I, I just don't for whatever reason. Um, I did see that Nebraska and, and all 
uh, of Frost staff apparently made their way out to Utah to try and get this. I think he was a defensive lineman who they wanted real bad. Might have, might, he might be Samoan, but uh, he stayed at home and is going to play at Utah. Was that maybe one of the bigger misses? Because it seems like they really, and again, this is the second period. I get that. Um, but they went after him hard. Are they overall, would they consider this signing, uh, this signing class a, a success? Yeah, I think so. That was they did put a full court press on Tanoa Tagoy. That's who they're talking about. They did put a full court press on him, but I don't think that people here thought that was a big blow. It was gonna be hard to wrestle him away from that part of the country. He's from Rigby, Idaho. He committed to Utah. Um it's yeah, Paul he's Polynesian and it's 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 not like Nebraska's had a long line of Polynesian players. I think people regarded that as a long shot. So, what, hey, to answer your question, not a big storyline in our gotcha. part. Gotcha, yep. Uh, Nebraska signed 23, and, yeah, they feel good. It's a top 20 class. I think people feel pretty good about it. But I'll tell you the storyline that, <laughs> that Trent can follow. <laughs> Kenny, now, if you're going to follow recruiting, Kenny, this would be a good year to do it because <laughs> Nebraska has set its sights on no fewer than a half dozen Iowa high school players. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's no, it's a great storyline to follow. Nebraska is really recruiting I six guys, six or seven guys at the fewest, um, really hard. T.J. Ballers, um, mm-hmm. right outside of Iowa City, is a, is a defensive in, uh, pass rusher. Yep. That, that, that's pro- that might be the number one guy on their, Nebraska's board, and, and maybe the number two guy on their board is Thomas Fedoni of Council Bluffs, the tight end. And then there's others. I mean, there's Nebraska is really targeting Iowa, so I think that's a great storyline. Yeah, we've we've had recruiting analysts in our state say it's the best class in Iowa history. Upwards of maybe 22 guys are going to have D1 offers coming in there. Wow. You mentioned the kid wow. from Council Bluffs, and it's not just Iowa, Nebraska, kind of the Midwest teams after him. So he picked up an Auburn offer. Georgia's in wow. there. I mean, this a kid from Council Bluffs okay. with those Yeesh. kind of offers. You know, that's big time. Oh, Thomas Fedoni guy. Yeah, he's getting recruited by everybody. That's this is a. I mean, he's a tight end. I, I mean, I, you would think Iowa would have a yes. hand on this, but mm-hmm. but Nebraska is. You know, Nebraska. The family's Nebraska fan. They are. Yep. Um, Nebraska feels like they got a great shot at Fedoni, but yo, know, yeah, he's a national recruit. If you look at his offer list, it's a who's who. Good stuff, Stephen M. Um, so does Nebraska get back in the win column on Saturday? We certainly over here are hoping that uh, it doesn't happen this week. Oh, I'd be – no, I'm, I'm not going to – I don't like to do this. I mean, it sounds really negative for all your Nebraska listeners, but I would be shocked yeah. if Nebraska won that game. I would – Especially I, the way I would, Iowa got beat by Purdue the other night. Yeah, I would – Nebraska's not – Nebraska's not in a good position right now. And uh, – at Carver, at Carver Hawkeye, no. I, I, I'd just be really surprised if it happened. Good to catch up with the old friend. We'll talk to you down the road. All right. Take care, guys. Good to talk to you. Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star, and he does morning radio from 6 to 8 over in uh, Lincoln uh, as well. Alex Halstead covers Iowa State. We'll switch gears. Iowa State's in on bowlers as well. Yes, they are. He took a visit. He did take a visit. Boy, that's really cool about the state of Iowa, all those kids, huh? It's, it's really wow. going to be it's going to be a fun offseason. And then when you get through this top tier of guys, that next tier, not only does it have top-level prospects like we talked about with Fedoni, but it is the depth of it. And 20, 22 kids. Wow. And 
there's not going to be spots for all of them, of course, at Iowa and Iowa State. And that means, you know, seeing guys playing across the country in different spots. And even like a random Mac game, there's a kid that played in the state of Iowa. And he could have played Northwest Iowa, but it's state of Iowa. And all right, gives you a little something on Tuesday night in November to watch. I don't need anything personally. I know you don't. (laughs) Trent, we'll come back with Alex Halstead as we take you up until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.7. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Ben Jacobson scheduled to join us in 15 minutes. Head coach, you and I, a former Hawkeye hoopster, Wade Looking Bill. Uh, at 11.25, Claxon's Barbecue before we get out of here. But right now, let's talk Iowa State, shall we? He's Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 Sports. He had a one-on-one sit-down yesterday with Matt Campbell. We'll do football. We'll do basketball. How are you, Alex? I'm doing good, yeah. Kind of still in that football mode, which I think uh, Iowa State fans actually <laughs> have been pretty excited about with the way fo- with the way basketball is going. But uh, ready to talk about either of them. Yeah, the uh, football uh, the football staff could do the basketball staff a big favor by putting everybody so a coach out there on a weekly basis to uh, to talk football because there's still excitement around that program, no doubt about it. And you had Matt Campbell yesterday. You published it in two parts. You know what struck me by your piece, Alex? Just the the sheer volume of play. Players that uh, that Coach Campbell brought up um, that I honestly again I'm not a big recruiting guy that you know they were redshirting or um, you know guys that uh, haven't made an impact yet. Point being is there's he's certainly built depth in a way that few coaches uh, that came before him have been able to do, and I'm talking about guys who will you know fingers crossed see the field and make an impact before their eligibility runs out. That struck me. Yeah, that, that's probably the one thing that stood out to me the most as well. And I got to that question, and I think I basically asked, you know, are there any guys who were on the verge last season that you were close to maybe playing that couldn't play because they were behind the guy or didn't play for whatever reason? Not just true freshmen, but anybody in the program. And um, I expected maybe him to give me a couple names, and he ended up giving me a, a thousand-word answer, and I yeah. think going over pretty much every position and at least, you know, kind of at least thinking through them. You could tell he was trying to think of anybody he could. Um, and yeah, there, I mean, you can go find him. It's, it's a lot of different names, but I guess, you know, some of them that stood out, you know, we'd heard Darian Porter was one of the top two freshmen, but he revealed and said that, you know, the wide receiver who registered last year, um, they had some plays for him in the bowl game, but he got hurt on the first punt return of the game. And, um, and so they didn't get to those, uh, plays, you know, he said, Ezra Anderson, another wide receiver who I had noticed was traveling with the team last year, he ended up registering as well from that class. Uh, but he said that in November the staff discussed burning his redshirt and playing him the rest of the season. You know, so those are a couple guys that can come in now and with Deshante Jones and with Michael Petway gone and maybe play. And I think you flip to the other side of the ball, and there's a lot of different names as you alluded to, but Ashim Young at safety is a guy that people had really high hopes for last year. He redshirted as well. Um, but I penciled him in as my starter at, in the way too early depth start. Matt Campbell said that you know he's starting to show some potential that he could be their best guy back there. So um, – Definitely a lot of different interesting names, and I think those are just a couple of them. So, reading through your transcript, uh, CycloneAlert.com is where you can find it with Coach Campbell. A lot of interesting nuggets in there, but one that really stuck out to me is him talking about the evolution of what they're doing, talking to other programs, the calendar, how they're going, but not just through spring football, but 
as a whole here. You, you can see, continue to see, even with the success that Matt Campbell and this program has had, looking to still adapt and change and evolve as things go on. Yeah, you can kind of always tell that he's kind of tweaking things, and he even did that a little bit in season. He switched which day they had their off day, and I think they end up going back. But, you know, they've altered between Sunday and Monday for what days they're off day in the season, and he's always trying to tweak things depending on, you know, what he thinks is working and what isn't. And you obviously saw that this offseason where, you know, he got rid of Rudy Wade and brought in Dave Andrews as a new strength and conditioning coach. Um, that's kind of what led to me asking about, you know, some of these different changes because in addition to – Dave Andrews coming in. They've also hired a football-specific nutritionist. You know, they've always had kind of a nutritionist, but as someone who just kind of deals with the whole athletic department, now they have someone who's just dealing with, you know, the meal plans of their football players and, you know, how much sleep they're supposed to get. And so those those people work hand-in-hand, hand and he meets with them every Monday um, to go over how things are going. And then you know, I think the interesting thing that you mentioned there was he's going to switch spring ball this year, and they're going to go after spring break this year. They're not going to start until March 24th, and then they'll go through the entire month of April. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so still five weeks and still you know, three um, practices a week in that five-week period. But by moving it all the way back to March, he said they're going to get you know, those extra weeks uh, in their winter workout program in the weight room. So you know, it's, it's interesting just how much goes on behind the scenes. You know, People talk about you know, all the X's and O's and stuff, but there's a lot of thinking that goes into planning out an offseason and tweaking things to try to get better results. Hmm, interesting. Jirel Brock, uh, he got my attention when we talked about him, too, that you know he was kind of behind the curve a little bit, that uh, that Brees Hall had a six-month head start on him, essentially. Brees Hall's going to be tough, I think, to uh, you know to cut into his carries, but should be a hell of a competition, and Campbell's clearly not writing Brock off. No, he said by midseason that they were kind of nip and tuck to – you know, play obviously at that point they made the decision to redshirt Jirel and separate them by year, but also not waste his redshirt if you know if if Brees Hall was going to be the guy. But I think he's definitely going to face competition. But even more than that, you know, you saw at times at Toledo where David Fuel and Ann Kareem Hunt both being a kind of a one-two punch. And for Iowa State to get there, they need their offensive line to be probably a dominant run-blocking type team. I don't know if they're going to be there quite yet, but you know, you could see a future where they're trying to you know really focus on the run first, and so. Um, that would be interesting to see if they can get to that point. But, you know, Jairo Brock, if he's not necessarily pushing Brees Hall for carries, you know, he's really going to challenge Kanae Nwangu and Johnny Lang and maybe take their carries and be that number two guy or be a split guy with Hall. So it's going to be a good competition back there. And I think, you know, that's one positive for them is uh, they have a couple of young guys that, you know, should be the face of that position for the years to come. The first Wednesday in November is coming gone. It's a lot different for you these days with the early signing period in December, I know, Alex. But as you look at the roster here, I know there's going to be plenty of questions. A, the construction, and secondly, grad transfers that may still be out there, and this can continue all the way through spring and even into summer. What do you know scholarship-wise? How much wiggle room is there for Iowa State? Yeah, right now they're probably, I think last I, last I knew, they were about 86 or 87 um, so they're just a couple over. Obviously, you could still expect a little bit probably of attrition, whether it's guys, you know, I think there's one or two guys that maybe will just graduate, you know, and, and move on or do whatever. So that that could happen through the spring. And so they, they could have a couple spots of flexibility. Um, and I think if you're talking about them adding anything else, it would probably be graduate transfer. And I think it would potentially be an offensive lineman. Now, there's no names necessarily right now. It's not something they've been, I shouldn't say overly active on, but they haven't necessarily pinpointed anybody specific. But I do know, if they could go out and they could find an offensive lineman uh, to compete and give them depth, especially probably at tackle, 
then that would be a position that they would potentially still add hmm. uh, to this 2020 roster. Interesting. Alex Halstead is our guest. Uh, CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. I want to talk about Easton Dean a little bit with you because the uh, um, apparently Campbell's come out, and I don't know if it was you, if it was Petey, but at some point yesterday said he might be the best tight end. Look, and, and Iowa State's not known for sending a whole bunch of tight ends to the league. They've got one now on the roster that looks as though he's, ticketed uh, for a uh, professional, uh, for a, an NFL career uh, in Kohler. But boy, oh boy, talking about Easton Dean, who undergoes a position switch, and man, oh man, he is singing his praises. Yeah, I think Randy put that out. We, uh, he did bring up Easton Dean to me and said that, you know, when, when Dylan Sainer went down, they actually didn't feel as bad in terms of that position because they thought Easton Dean or Skyler Loving Black, uh, who could be more of an F, but we'll see that either of those guys could have stepped up. Now, there was just a bowl game left, and so that didn't need to happen, and there's going to be quite a log jam still in front of them next year. But when you look at Chase Allen, Dylan Sainer, both graduating next year, and then Jarvis Kohler having the option again to go to the NFL, uh, it's at least a positive step that Easton Dean might be in position to step up. And they're going to have to be heavy on recruiting tight ends in this 2021 class. I expect them to probably take a couple. Um, and they just offered one down in Urbandale. So, um, you know, so it's a position that they really need to kind of step up, and Easton Dean's already got the body. You know, when, when he was recruited, I'd always heard, you know, that they, they were obviously recruiting him, bring him in as a quarterback, but that they always felt that just his athleticism, he was pretty new to the quarterback position, and if that didn't work, they thought he could play tight end. Now, I don't know if they thought he would develop like he has already, and his body's pretty much there, um, but it'll be interesting to see if he can get some, some reps in 2020. Yeah, very interesting. And the hype train certainly not slowing down here this offseason. <laughs> sure. Best tight end Full there speed ahead. for East indeed. Hey, some basketball, not a whole lot of hype there. Kansas State comes to town. You know, we talked about it with both Oklahoma schools when they came in, just the fan base needing a victory. Certainly feels the same way right now with four consecutive losses. Yeah, this is a, obviously a must win. You can't lose at home to Kansas State. Otherwise, things are really going to start to go downhill in a hurry just in terms of maybe even you know interest in attendance and that sort of thing um they're home the next three saturdays and we know that you know people have a lot of options on weekends so if they don't win this one it's it's going to start to get dicey because you right now you're looking at iowa state battling kansas state for that eight nine spot oklahoma state won earlier this week so they're within a game of you know not being in the basement so right now uh it's probably not what Iowa State fans want to hear but Right now, tomorrow's game is actually a preview of the Wednesday yeah. in Kansas City in March. So, um, you know, it, it'll be an interesting game. I think I would say probably better than Kansas State at home, but uh, it's it's hard to predict this team right now. Indeed. What's the mood of the team like, Alex, when you're around them? Uh, when you get you know media avails, whether it be in, in the middle of the week or after a game, what's the mood of the team? I would say, like, you know, we talked recently to, like, Tyrese Halliburton and George Conn, and I'd still say, upbeat a little bit you know i think they're younger guys that you know that's just probably their nature but you can kind of sense of frustration here especially talking to george Conner last week it was probably the best interview he's had since he's been here just uh, the most open he's been and it went like you know five plus minutes but you know he's just frustrated and you know he had was talking about having a long conversation with his dad after they got back from texas on the phone and then he's texting chrome and apologizing that he wasn't you know playing as well and so i think there's a lot of frustration because they feel like they're you know, they're at least better than some of these results. You, know, you look at TCU and Texas games that they probably could have won on the road. You know, I think we've gotten to the point where we know they're not in the in the tier of competing with you know Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and West Virginia this year. But they should still be competitive with Texas, TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and the rest of that league. And so I think they're frustrated that you know so far they still really struggle to get those wins. Alex, we'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you. Appreciate what you do for us.
Yep, thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you do the same. Alex Halstead, 247sportscycleandalert.com. Ben Jacobson scheduled to join us. We'll talk about his Panthers and preview the in-state matchup next. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO.